With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella, so go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is Sode number 186, the Bernie Sanders. We are once again asking for your Sode titles, meme of Sodes. <laughs> the more the merrier, people. Line up. Get in line. Get your Sode title read. Get a shout out. Be a part of the that- pod. That one comes via our guy, Eldon English at Shrike113, which uh, Eldon, great follow on Twitter. So if you're not following him already, uh, do so. He's uh, he's obviously the tupper of the year. He's already he won that uh, on May 5th on Cinco de Mayo for putting mayo in his margarita, <laughs> which we put out as homework to win tupper of the year. And he did it. He made the video and everything. You can find that on our uh, Instagram page and on our Twitter page. If you search deep enough at tighten up pod on Twitter at tighten up podcast on Instagram, you can see him pouring the Mayo in his, in his margarita and drinking it. Um, still will go down in infamy as one of the best things. One of the best moments I think on this podcast, and it didn't even happen on the podcast. It's incredible. Uh, but shout out to him. Um, and yes, we are once again asking for your so titles. If you want to submit a so title, preferably something about the Titans that is very inside baseball that only Titans fans will understand or recognize, you can send those to us at Titan Up Pod on Twitter, or you can DM us at Titan Up Podcast on Instagram. Jack, got a great sode. It's the return to glory sode, is what I'm uh, giving the moniker for because. Not only do the Titans return to their winning ways this week, but we are also returning to our winning ways by bringing on a fan favorite of this podcast. Say it with me. Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham is joining us. We're going to get into the Titans. We're going to get into uh, some pros and some things that we feel very optimistic about after this week. And we're going to ask him, what the hell is he doing now? Like, why is he not still covering the Titans? We'll get all that and more, but before we do, let's first get a word from our friends at relax the back. The relax the back team sets out every day to help people in the Nashville area work better, live better and feel better. If you're like me and you struggle with insomnia or posture issues due to your neck and back pain, then trust me when I tell you that this is the place for you. They've got a variety of chairs, massage chairs, X chairs, zero gravity chairs that will help relieve the, that low back pain that a lot of y'all are feeling from sitting up all day at work, hunched over at your desk, typing away or writing away, whatever it is that you do at work. They've also got Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses and the latest in sleep technology to make sure you're getting those eight hours you need to wake up and feel great every single day. 
So go check them out. They're located at 2020 Glenico Road in Nashville, Tennessee, right next to Hillsborough High School. Um, if you're unable to get there in person, check them out online. Their showroom is up to date online. It's better if you go in person because you can lay on all the beds and, and test out all the chairs and get your free massages. Uh, but if you can't do that in person, check them out online at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville and start feeling better today. But when you go in, you've got to make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. And with all that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm sucking. What is up, Playmates? Welcome to the Titan Up Podcast. Today is October 4th, 2023. I want you to do an exercise with me. I want you to take this moment to forget literally everything we said in last week's episode. <laughs> the Tennessee Titans are back. Jack, I don't know about you, but this feels amazing. And look, it's their second win in their last 11 tries. I, I recognize that. So I don't want to get ahead of myself here. But are the even week Tennessee Titans Super Bowl favorites? Like, if they only play even weeks the rest of the year, are like this team's going to the Super Bowl, right? Even weeks, the Titans at home. This, see, this is why it's going to be important to win the division and host a playoff game because it's a different team this season playing in Nissan Stadium than anywhere else. I mean, what a country ass whooping the Tennessee Titans delivered to the Bengals, and it, it was big in in a handful of ways, like. Number one, with the start the Bengals have had, they're going to be fighting for a wild card spot. It seems like the AFC North title is probably out of the picture already for them. So the Titans now have a head-to-head win over the Chargers, another team expected to compete in the wild card, and the Bengals, who could always come back if Joe Burrow figures it out and returns to his former self. But also... And speaking speaking of returning to former self, the fact that Jack just pronounced Bengals correctly, that's... I'm going mean, like, to alternate this episode. Well, Okay. All right. I've just, wow. I'm like, what is happening this episode? Like I am, it is amazing what is going on. Yeah. And it, yeah, that's, there's growth. I'm exhibiting growth. Often. I think that's important. <laughs> um, the other thing I'm trying to remember my thought. Uh, oh, the min- it was a mental hurdle. Like anytime the Bengals were on the schedule or they were coming up or the Titans had played them. I mean, Joe Burrow was three and oh, the Titans were two and seven in their last nine. It's a team that they've really struggled against over yeah. the last decade plus. So well, to get that win, to kind of, it, it's not really like direct revenge because the Titans had a shot at that last season and blew it, but it, it does feel like a little get back. They, they took their medicine finally, and that's yeah. going to be important moving forward if you see this team in the playoffs, because when the Titans lost that divisional round game, I mean, it's not like the Bengals were the better team that day. Tannehill just threw three bad interceptions, which ended up, you know, costing them in the long run. So uh, I think it's big it, knowing despite- that you can get past them. Yeah, despite that, the Titans still almost won. No, you're right. This is a giant gorilla off of your back. Rest in peace, Harambe. We still haven't forgotten Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. But it is feels good to get that. It feels good to finally be like, okay, they're done. And like, not only has it been a long time for the Titans from beating the Bengals, but it's also been even longer for our quarterback. 
Ryan Tannehill, he hasn't beaten the Bengals since Halloween of 2013 when he was with the Dolphins. So think about how many tries he's had at beating this franchise. And look, I think we all know, Titans fans better than anyone, know just how important it is to get over a hump in beating a team. Cough, the Indianapolis Colts, who we will be seeing this next week. Like the, going into games against teams that you finally get over that hump feel a lot better than when there, it's a team that you struggle with consistently. And I I don't know. I just feel good about this win, and I think Titans fans should too. It, it's, like, it's like beating the Colts that first game after Andrew Luck's retirement. It's like beating the Colts during that Jacoby Brissett season. Um, it's, it, you know, it, it just feels like you finally have gotten over that hump, and you yeah. know, hopefully that... You- that- that carries on moving forward, but it, it does feel like kind of they finally climbed the mountain with Cincinnati. Yeah, you exercised your demons, and uh, look, just in time for spooky season, the first day of October. Hell yeah, I'm here for it, dude. And I love um, Mina Kimes' take. She actually retweeted an A to Z sports tweet. How about that? Um, when she tweeted this, but she said, I have one policy when it comes to picks, which is. Avoid Titans games at all costs. Mike Vrabel dragging favorites into the mud. No, thank you, sir. And I feel like going into this game, Jack, and I I, I, I can't remember if I texted this to my Titans uh, group text or not, but I was not excited for Sunday. I was not happy. I was not in a good mood. I like knew, I knew doom was impending because you're playing a Bengals team that you've struggled with. The, you are coming off a week where you just played another Ohio team and lost 27 to three, but here they come in and they shock me. They, I think they shocked the world. They certainly shocked the Bengals and beat the other Ohio team by that same score, 27 to three, which I did not expect in any like fashion or frame, even with Joe Burrow being banged up. Yeah. There's like three Titans football laws that you have to abide by one. Play action always works. Two, <laughs> you can't run it on second and ten. Three, you can't go O for Ohio. So it's nice to split with the Ohio teams and probably get the more important one of the two um, if the Titans end up fighting for a wild card spot. But it's it's just a massive uh, a massive win for so many reasons. And we were talking about this on the Titans post game show. Do you think that? Ryan Tannehill's performance of the Bengals was more impressive than what he did against the Chargers. How do you look at Tannehill in those two yeah. wins? Yeah, no, I think he's getting better. I think he's like hitting a, a stride. And the reason I think he, and because it really wasn't like for as bad as the Titans played on um, Sunday against the Browns, it that that game wasn't Ryan Tannehill's fault by any extent. I think, no. I think, Sunday against the Bengals was just more iteration of just how well this offense can perform if that offensive line holds up. And they had some flaws on Sunday. They showed some signs where it's like, oh, yeah, that's that offensive line. Uh, it's not going to be perfect ever, though, it's, this year. It's we, not we kind of be perfect. We, we know that. No. And even on some run plays, Andre Dillard, who is, you know, supposed to be a better running, uh, a running offensive lineman run blocking offensive lineman than pass blocking offensive lineman. Uh, even he gave up a few, you know, poor blocks on some run plays that got Derrick Henry uh, blasted at the line of scrimmage or behind. But I do think they put together a better performance 
And Ryan Tannehill showed that he doesn't need much. He doesn't need much to be the Ryan Tannehill that we know and love. And the fact that he came out and balled, like that was, that was great. And, um, it was, it was awesome to see. And they, um, I, I just think the, the fact that he was distributing the ball to multiple wide receivers shows me that, okay, he's feeling comfortable with this offense. He's feeling comfortable, comfortable, with his new guys, he's not trying to force balls into double coverage to DeAndre Hopkins. He's trusting Nick Westbrook Akine. He's trusting Chig. He's trusting Chris Moore. What? Why? Well, I didn't even think I, that sentence would ever be uttered back in January. But here we are, and I feel good about this offense a week after feeling horrendous about this offense. Like, why? Do I need to see a therapist with these mood swings? <laughs> Maybe. I would invest in one regardless, just being a fan of the Titans. But, (laughs) you know, coming into this game with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and, you know, Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow on the other side, like the Bengals had the more explosive offense, right? Like we've seen them enough to realize that, okay, Jamar Chase can bust bust one for 50 whenever he needs. But it was the Titans, and you just mentioned some of the guys that have been stepping up in the recent weeks. It's the Titans that were more explosive. They had six different players rattle off a, at least a 20-yard gain. Uh, Tajay Spears had that fumble that he picked up and, and ran for 26 yards. NWI had a 22-yard catch. Derrick Henry with a 29-yard rumble. Uh, Josh Wiley, who had a coming-out party, had a 24-yard catch, a big one that led to that touchdown. In the, and in his, the first first career, yeah, his first career first career touchdown, too. DeAndre Hopkins had a 38-yard catch. Simo. Popped up again, 44-yard catch. He's averaging 33 and a half yards on the season. So the Titans had six players go for 20-plus. You know how many Bengals did that on Sunday? Zero. Uh, I'm going, I'm, yeah, I'm going to guess zero. Based mainly on the fact that aside from what the final drive, I don't think the Bengals had a drive for longer than 30 yards the entire game. Like, that's that's pretty dominant by the defense. And, and we've uh, been talking about the offense. But, like, last week, who was in the crosshairs? For us two guys one on offense Andre Dillard the other yeah. guy on defense Christian Fulton yeah he had his he had his biggest test of the season against his former teammate in Jamar Chase a guy who burned him on a screen in that divisional round loss that I know he'd like to have back and yeah nobody gets behind the Titans secondary nobody gets over the top the longest play the, the Bengals had on offense was a 17 yard pass to Jamar Chase you live with that seven catches 73 yards for Chase uh, Boyd and nobody, and nobody else had over 30 yards receiving for the Bengals. Like the Titans secondary deserves a lot of praise. I know that, you know, the offense is going to get most of most of the air on, on the radio shows and the TV shows and, you know, these podcasts, but we got to talk about how well this secondary played in a game where they had to have it. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, um, you know, it, it's <laughs> it, the defense is, is, all faithful with this franchise. It is the the defense that is always, always shown to be proof. The it's the offense that has been sporadic. So when the offense does show up, yeah, they're going to get most of the praise. They're going to get you know if if you if you paint your walls taupe and that taupe has always been the colors of your walls. Always like it's going to be 
is it's it'll be talked about right when you get it painted. But after that, you're not going to talk about those walls anymore. That's the defense on this team. But what you will talk about is the new furniture. If you if you constantly change out your furniture, you're going to be talking about, uh, you know, oh, I like this sofa. It pops or, you know, like Mm -hmm. this. This love seat really, uh, really brings out the uh, brings out the color in the walls. (laughs) <laughs> which is exactly what this defense is. Uh, so yeah, they're not going to get talked about, but that, but you're right. They have been consistent. They have been dominant. And uh, on a week where they, I mean, they've had some, they've had, they've had their troubles getting lit up by wide receivers, even in their wins against the chargers, they were getting lit up through the air. Christian Fulton batting down the hatches against a guy who uh, in his own words is open. He's always effing open. And, uh, I clearly, he wasn't on Sunday, or at least not to the point where Joe Burrow could get him the ball quick enough. Um, which was great to see because I love when we get quotes from the teams that the Titans just played of them being frustrated. That is one of my, yeah. I live for those type of things because again, this Titans team, I love when they're underdogs. I love when they're in the role they're at now where people, they go out and they win 27 to three by the same score. They beat the chiefs a couple years ago. If you remember, uh, 27 to three, where no one expected them to come out and, and win. And sure enough, they, they not only win, but they dominate and they bang up the opposing team's quarterback in the process. It, it was very reminiscent of that chiefs game a few years ago. And I'm I'm very excited that they responded. They not just that they responded, they responded so well after yeah. arguably their worst Titans performance ever. Uh because I mean, you it, could argue it was their worst offensive performance ever. And and if you don't get off the mat after losing like that to the Browns, then what culture do you have inside, really? Like yeah. for the Titans to come out and whoop ass after taking an ass whooping the week prior. Mm-hmm. Says a lot about what Mike Vrabel's built in Tennessee. It's it's easy to get down on yourself and lay down and say, well, our quarterback doesn't have a, ch- a shot because he's getting no protection. Or, you know, the defense, sure, we got an incredible pass rush, but the secondary can't hold up. Like, it's frustrating. We're helpless. But when they're all firing at the same time, it just shows you what is it, you know, what this Titans team is capable of when they play well, when they can put it all together. Now, we haven't seen it two weeks in a row yet this season. We still need to see some consistency out of this group. But yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, you're getting right. back to the old Titans where, the- <laughs> you know, they, they beat teams that not a lot of people expect them to beat. Now, last year, they would all they would do would lose to teams that they should beat. Now, yeah, sure. They look bad against a couple of teams that probably they, they beat a handful of times out of 10. But here you are back again, beating beating playoff caliber teams in in, in, in really big situations. I mean, to be two and two right here, we talked about getting to that bye week in week seven. Two and four is you're like okay. Three and three, you really start to put together, you know, a 10, 11 win season. And they're setting themselves up. We'll talk about the Colts game later, but to get that third win and then have essentially house money going into the Ravens game in London. Yeah, it's the even week Titans is what they are right now. Those are the the Tennessee Titans that we look forward to watching. It's a matter of whether or not those even week Titans can show up on an odd week um, because, yeah, and, and that's, that's, I think was a big takeaway from Sunday was the fact that they were able to coach up what they did so poorly against the Browns. They coached it up and they got better. That was something that we have been missing for a long time, especially on the offensive side of the football where they were not getting better from week to week. They were giving us the same thing every week. The, the look, 
Todd Downing's offense, say what you will about it, they were nothing if not consistent. You knew what you were going to get. Fast starts and then just sputtering out of control in the second half, like or not just where it was you weren't going to produce much of anything. And then later in the season, when you're faced with injuries, like that team wasn't getting better. And it was very encouraging for me to see Vrabel take that that game against the Browns and bounce back in such a, res- a responsive way. Now it's a question of can exactly what you said. Can you get that consistency? Can we get multiple weeks like that? And if we can, we're looking at a very dangerous team in the yes. AFC South and possibly the AFC. But look, I'm not going to take the credit for the way they played on Sunday. But two things ring true, Jack. <laughs> I opened the door for a Bengals fan yes. last week. That 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 helped us get some karma, okay? Which I'm maybe we encourage that. Maybe we say there were a couple of tuppers that did it as well. There were. So there they were deserve credit for tuppers. the win as well. Tuppers tweeted at us that they op- held doors open for Bengals fans. If you see a Colts fan this week, I'm in Chicago. I see a lot of Colts fans all the time. Indianapolis is a short drive from here. I'm going to be holding doors open for Colts fans. You, you are. I see. Even I wouldn't do that. I I know. I look and I get it. I understand that, but listen, this, some things are bigger than sports. Okay. If it works, it works. You're right about that. You know, we, we, we need to, we need to hold doors open for, if you see a Colts fan this week, which in Nashville, you see plenty of, because there's those random balls fans that became Colts fans because of that stupid Peyton Manning, uh, hold doors open for him. Okay. However, I, I also look again, not to to my own horn, but Last week, if you remember, Jack, I plugged in the Bunsen burner. I didn't turn it on. I just mm-hmm. plugged it in. I plugged in the Bunsen burner. I disagreed with you. I, I disagreed with the decision. I, I know you disagreed with me, but I did it anyway. I had to plug it in, and I plugged it in. And sure enough, the Titans responded with the way they did. They coached up their mistakes. Sometimes that's all you got to do. You just got to light. And I didn't even light the fire. I just plugged it in. I'm going to unplug the Bunsen burner for right now. Okay. Okay. I'm going to let it sit. I'm going to unplug it. Hopefully I don't have to plug it back in this season, but the Bunsen burner underneath Mike Vrabel's seat is currently the status of it. It is unplugged. And if we, if need be, if they come out looking lackluster, like they did in Cleveland, look, we don't know if this team can play on the road yet. They have not scored a touchdown on the road all season. If they can look, then I'll leave it unplugged. I'll leave it here in the corner of the room. But if not, if they come out and they poop the bed in Indianapolis, I have I, I reserve the right to not only plug that Bunsen burner in, but then turn it on. So let that just be a fair warning uh, okay. for the we'll coaching staff. We'll we'll send we'll send this tape over to to Nissan and make sure that the coaching staff gets the message. You know, it felt like you kind of locked the door behind them in the science building with the Bunsen burner on and yeah, the coaching yeah. staff really got, got in the lab. And we talked about those dashboard lights that were on last week. You know, how do right. you fix all of them at once? Yeah. They found a way they went, they went and got fully serviced at Firestone. I, I mean, that, that, that was a totally different team. And I want to make a couple of points before we move on from the win, which is something that I wish we never had to do. I wish there were 10 bye weeks in a row so we could just relish in beating the hell out of the Bengals. But 
we can't do that. This is the NFL. Yeah. They've got a tight set. Yeah. It's a week to week business. Yeah. This was a Rand Carthon win. Now, Ooh. when I when I say that, I think we have to look at some of the key contributors. Like Tajay Spears had a great game, probably the best he's looked in a Titans uniform so far. That's that, that's part of his first draft class. Josh Wiley, a big time touchdown, and, and really his biggest catch was that twenty four yarder that set up the NWI touchdown. Um, you know, so we've got Josh Wiley and Tajay Spears, a couple of rookies playing well. Well, Chris Moore, a signee, popped off forty four yard catch once again. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball. I feel like every guy he touched on defense is turning to gold. Aziz Alshair, nine tackles, one TFL, was flying all he's, over the he's field. He's been so good, so good. He he's it, the new David Long. He's what we've been, what we knew we were missing when David Long was shipped down to Miami. Like that, he has been that and more, quite possibly. And that's just what happens when you send the Titans out for Fireball Friday to BGA. He got a touch of greatness, and it translated into Sunday. <laughs> Aziz Alshair led the Battleground Academy captains out into the football field where they lost in overtime because they missed an extra point. But none of that matters. Uh, God bless more, and go Wildcats, am I right? <laughs> Sean Murphy Bunting played well, right? A, a big-time signing from, from Carthon there as well. And then you have Arden Key with a sack and a TFL. He literally said after the game that Joe Burrow was like a sitting duck. But the one guy I want to highlight, Travis Gibson, a oh, sack, yeah. a forced fumble in just three snaps. Yeah, three snaps Chicago and he goes Bear. out there with a sack fumble. I mean, that's yeah. a guy who needs to be playing more. Rashad Weaver played well. He had a, a TFL. But I expect Travis Gibson's snap count to uh, you know, rise exponentially after a performance yeah. like that. So, and, and I and think he's that, a diamond that, in the that, was... that got cut after camp. Yeah, that was the reason why the Titans brought him in. They they knew what he was and knew he would fit the Titans scheme better than he did with the Bears. And the Bears, I think, knew that he was a good player. He just didn't fit what they do. And the Titans were like, hey, we'll take him. <laughs> like he, he, did, that, he didn't fit what the Bears do, a.k.a. lose by a thousand every week. Yeah, so I, I love that. And I thought he played uh, fantastic. And I just love seeing I love seeing Joe Burrow get sacked. <laughs> to me, that's. Pretty awesome. Made me want to smoke a cigar after the game. Um, it was it was a great uh, great win. Um, do you have anything else before we want to get to our guy? Yeah, last thing I forgot to make my second point. Um, the AFC playoff picture before the season was looking pretty daunting because of all of the Hall of Fame quarterbacks in the AFC. You know, Mahomes, Allen, Rogers, Burrow's trajectory is certainly there. Justin Herbert can really hurt you. And Trevor Lawrence is solid. It looks like the Titans, I mean, if they are to make the playoffs, this is a long season and it's still very early, won't have to really navigate past some of those guys. It just looks like that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are really the only two players. Um, and you can add Tua if he can, you know, make it through the season. As the only two quarterbacks I'm really afraid of going into the playoffs. Like the Titans have contained Lamar Jackson in a playoff game before. They've beaten him. Yeah. Deshaun Watson, sure, he kicked the Titans' ass up and down the field. But I'd like to see him do it again. You know, I just I just don't feel as intimidated by the rest of the teams in the AFC as I did before the season. Am I right to feel well, that way? Yeah. No, and they've all shown weaknesses. I mean, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback that we thought he was going to be now four games in. Now, I will say this. It's a long season. It. I mean, it is very long. So much can happen between now and January, including teams getting hot teams getting cold teams hitting their stride. You know, you never know when a uh, Jimmy Garoppolo can 
start turning it on for a, a really bad Raiders team right now. Like it is, we saw that last year with Jacksonville. Jacksonville became the most unbeatable team in the AFC down the stretch last year when they started the year off terribly. So it is a long year and I'm, you know, I, yeah, I feel good about where the Titans are at right now, but things are going to change. However, they're one team that I do feel really worried about. And I, I think Jack, you of all people should be the most worried. Missouri Tigers. Oh my gosh. Oh my Did you gosh. watch on Saturday? They just completely dismantled a uh, pretty intellectual Vanderbilt football team. Well, Vandy uh, was playing the backup quarterback. On so on their it. home on their home turf, or should I say dirt, because it's still a construction site they played in. Um get, it in. My get, them, get them out. Get them all off your chest. Hey, look, I there they I think Vanderbilt did not account for how much construction they're gonna need after Saturday because Mizzou came in and just dropped a bomb on uh West End and it was um it was bad, man. I, I feel bad. I like if I was a Vanderbilt fan, I would be like anchor down, more like my feelings are down. That's mm-hmm. what they are, because it is it is rough. Uh, at, at least, least Ole Miss, Miss had a big win. At yeah. least Ole Miss had a big win, folks. Uh let's get to Luke Worsham. Before we do, <laughs> let's get a word from our friends at BetMGM. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code A to Z Sports and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. And now let's get a look with We are joined right now by a fan favorite uncle on this podcast and uh, by fan favorite. Jack and I are really the only two fans of this podcast, which means he's our favorite. Uh, He is a guy who used to cover the Titans, then went off to get like a like a I guess a real job and is like kind of left us high and dry, but we said, you know what? Screw that. We're getting you back on the podcast anyway, because it's been too damn long. In fact, it was the last in the words of Jack Bingles week that Luke was covering the Titans, but now he is back joining us. He is Luke Worsham at Luke underscore Worsham, Luke Worsham, Luke Worsham, Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham, feels, Luke Worsham. It feels so it, good to say that. The reason I did this was so that I could get the Luke Worsham, Luke Worsham, Luke Worsham. Yeah, no, it is we back. Just end it, it right here. And, I, and I, I, oh, yeah. No, thanks for joining us, man. It's been fun. Uh, we'll see man. you. Uh, we'll see you next year. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm so excited about this. It's been so long. Uh, it's been since, I guess, after the 2022 draft that I've been on with you guys. That's about the time that I uh, left A to Z Sports. And, man, I still have a lot of love for for you guys and everybody at A to Z Sports. And, and I'm excited for this. Yeah. Well, let's well, set the table here because yeah. you texted me after the Bengals game, after the yeah. big win. You said, you know what? 
I and we haven't texted in a couple months, probably maybe a month or so. Yeah, Jack. Um, Jack deleted your number. <laughs> no, no, Luke, Luke and I. Luke and I chat. Uh, but you said, you know what? Hey, I went to the game today. If y'all need a guest this week, and you know, Austin and I were kicking around some ideas for guests last week that included, you know, maybe Drew Bennett. You know, some of the some of the heavy hitters, but nobody <laughs> takes precedent. Yeah, maybe nobody maybe takes Bo, Bo Scape is on our radar now, uh, but we decided now, you know, screw those former Titans. We want to get freaking Luke Worsham. Who uh, uh, about Will Witherspoon? Was he on the radar? Yeah, I mean, uh, lo- lower tier, but on the yeah, radar for yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, so, well, Luke- so Sunday was my first time at Nissan Stadium since covering the last Bengals game. I had not been back. Uh, since leaving A to Z Sports and no longer covering the Titans, and so it was kind of weird. It, it was fun. A lot of uh, a lot of fun memories came back, but more than anything, it equipped me to adequately analyze and talk about this team, which which I miss doing. So that'll be fun for the next little bit. Well, let's start well, with with some of your um, some of your uh, analysis, or at least your most recent analysis, from what I can find. Um, Dates back to July 17th, uh, you said, every time I get an oil change, there's supposedly something new with my car. And miraculously, the $500 quote-unquote problem they found last time, which I definitely did not address, didn't come up during the inspection and is no longer an issue. So, Luke, (laughs) I guess, is are all car places a total sham? Because I currently have brake issues with my car, and I'm wondering, should I just ride it out and you know play with, uh, you know, kind of uh, flirt with death a little bit, or should I get it fixed immediately? And knowing that they're going to charge me seven hundred dollars to change the wiper fluid while they're working on my brakes. Now, not all car places are scams. Because Jack, you're from this area. Have you ever been to Discount Tire? No, I haven't been a discount tire. What's the deal with that? Well, so they're just really well run. Like all of their people know what they're doing. They're very nice. They're very helpful. That's maybe the exception. There are plenty around here, which are the ones I tend to go to because they're very, very cheap and and get the job done. The, you, the way the way you're 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 selling them. Do you have a promo code to give us uh, with that? Yeah, or promo code Luke twenty for 20 <laughs> your your, uh, your break repair. So Luke, let, well, let me ask you because the last time you covered this team, you were, you were in the building, and it was that dreadful Tannehill three interception game. The Titans probably should have won. Uh, you, there's certainly a case we made they were the better team that day, but they left no doubt on Sunday, right? Twenty-seven yeah. to three, the, the Titans blitzed the Bengals literally and figuratively. Um, what were your impressions? I guess just you know because there was it felt like there was such a mental hurdle when the Cincinnati Bengals were lining up on the other side. But this time, the Titans took it to him for four straight quarters. Tannehill looked good, which has to be good for his mojo moving forward. What was your biggest takeaway from the win? Yeah, you know, it was one of those games where every metric that you evaluate and a football team on at any level, high school, college, on like whether they're good, you know, pass protection, uh, you know, getting pressure on defense, covering on the back end on defense, running the ball while creating holes for the running back, you know, crisp and efficient in a passing game, an effective play action, like any metric you measure a team by, the Titans had that on Sunday, which is the total 180 from the week before, right? They go to Cleveland and look like they don't even know what in the world they're doing. It looked like they never (laughs) even practiced before. But how many times have we seen that from the Titans in the Mike Vrabel era where one week it's like, 
this is impossible to watch. And and you get people, I mean, I may not have tweeted since July 17th, but I still read Twitter and <laughs> and you get that, you know, variable fired and it's time, you know, and then everything's okay. Everything is totally fine on Sunday and and purring like a kitten. So I mean, that was my takeaway is, you know, calm down. I feel like I've said that so many times on this podcast and on, at a to z sports.com over the years, calm down. Like no one needs to be fired. No one, no one's getting replaced. Everything's going to be okay. Why do they do yeah. that though? You know, they, they back themselves into a oh. corner and they look so bad, right? To where, I mean, it, it's hard for me to defend Titans fans getting upset online because when you look like that against Cleveland, it, it just, they didn't get off the bus. They looked ill-prepared. It, it was bad in all, all three phases, but then they go out like the old Titans, not the ones that we saw last year, but the ones that we saw, you know, the two years prior, where they win a game where they probably have the weaker roster. What is it about that? Why does this team seem to play well with their backs against the wall after just laying total eggs? I don't know. I used to have this theory that Mike Vrabel had like a limited motivational toolbox and like the only thing he had available was the we're doubted, no one believes in us, just read what they're <laughs> writing about us card. But I don't know, over the years, I don't know, maybe it's psychological. I mean, those of us who have competed in in team competitions, whether, you know, sports or something else in high school or whatever, like, you you know that some days you just go out there and lay an egg and you don't have it and there's no real explanation for it. But I don't know, it's just so weird, the, the total 180, because – Against the Browns, you know, it was like nothing could go right for the Titans. I mean, you have that awful Deshaun Watson backward pass. Yeah. Uh, where they lose so many yards. And then the next play is a defensive pass interference that totally wipes that out. And then a week later, the emblematic play of the game was the Tajay Spears fumble that turned into, what, like a 30-yard gain when he picked it up and reversed field. Like two totally different teams. And – I don't know. I would love the next time you get one of these like C list former Titans players on, you need to whoa, ask whoa, them. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what the hell, Luke? C list. <laughs> I'll have you know, Drew Bennett is one of the greatest wide receivers in this franchise's history. Unfortunately, not a hard mark to be able to <laughs> nail down. Oh, look, hey, we're not getting into don't semantics. You, don't you knock his 2004 season either, Luke? That's one of the best seasons by a wide receiver. Yeah, I will, in I will say this. I was walking uh, to get because I sat with some friends who like uncle worked somewhere. We got in the club section. No one, none of us paid to get in the club section, but we got in there. And, and as I'm walking over there where I used to go to get in the press box, there's this uh, Titans Hall of Greats thing, like interactive for fans. And it's a little screen. And as I was walking by it to get to my seat, this Titans Hall of Greats machine was showing Michael Griffin highlights. And I'm like, oh, the Titans have had a lot of great players over the years, but I don't know that Michael Griffin is a Hall of Great. Or, uh, or I want to put, I want to push back on that. I, I think that Michael Griffin was absolutely great with the Titans, if not great, really good. Right? That's what they always talk about with the Baseball Hall of Fame. You're not in the Hall of Fame, but you're in the Hall of Very Good. I feel yeah. like that's where Mike M- Michael Griffin probably yeah. Fits. Michael Griffin leads the he has the franchise record for number of cupcake shops opened. So I mean, how do you not <laughs> tied with Arakpo? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, former Texas Titans players is Arak is Arakpo a Titans legend. He was the first Titan to get ten sacks in probably four years. If you put Arakpo on a competitive team, he's absolutely a Titans legend. 
But mm-hmm. the fact that he was playing on bad teams really kind of hurts his case there. Yeah. Let, let's do a fun exercise. Now, now that we're talking about former players, let's talk about a former Ooh. GM, John Robinson, a guy <laughs> you used to uh, you used to pay pretty close attention to. Yeah. I want to know from you, is there anything about this Titans team in 2023 that John Robinson deserves more credit for? I, I mean, there's some diamonds on the rough here. It's Rand Carthon's first year, and we saw, you know, Travis Gibson make a big impact. Josh Wiley in his first draft class make it, you know, score a touchdown, make a big impact there. Is there something that John Robinson A doesn't get enough credit for, you know, on this current team? And B, is there something that nobody's really talking about that maybe John Robinson kind of hurt the Titans by doing? Well, so it, when you think about the first part of that, what he gets credit for, the big ones that come to mind are, you know. Brian Tannehill, Derrick Henry, um, right, Jeffrey Simmons. Those are probably the big reasons that the Titans won that game on Sunday. N- Simmons, NWI, had. Mason Kinsey. Yeah, uh, about Mason Kinsey. But <laughs> good punt return. Yeah, good punt great return, punt though. returns. Great punt returns. <laughs> yeah, and then immediately gets cut the next day. Right. So I uh, know it's. Just after, I had a friend world. text me. He's because we were we were joking. It's like Mason Kinsey's out there. I didn't even know he was still around. And then. My, my friend texted me yesterday. He's like, Mason Kinsey got cut. I'm like, on the heels of a career game? They would cut Mason Kinsey. <laughs> no, but... You got to go out on top. Go out on top. But, so yeah, Ryan Tan- without Ryan Tannehill, they don't win that game. They don't win the uh, second game of the year. Why can't I remember who they played in the second game of the year? Char- Chargers. Yeah, they don't win the Chargers game without Ryan Tannehill. Um, that that was probably John Robinson's best move, other than maybe Derrick Henry. But, you know, 17 and 22 – if you got those two guys, you're going to be in most of the games you play in. And and, and I'm going to put a marker here on Ryan Tannehill because I want to come back to him in a minute. But so so that's what like the lasting legacy probably is of John Robinson. And look, most of the roster is his. Kevin Byard, Harold Landry, uh, the inside linebackers are new. Those are well, no, because uh, Doctor Gibby, Doctor Gibby was a John yeah. Robinson. UDFA. So yeah, his fingerprints are all over this team. Like you can't act like Rand Carthen is the reason that. They're two and two right now, as opposed yeah. to open four or whatever. However, uh, you asked the underrated mistake of John Robinson, and this is the perspective I can give you as someone that was around for the John Robinson era, and that is it's the offensive line, right? That is the F plus grade on John Robinson's time with the team because he tried over and over and over to get those five spots right, and he really never did it. Um, you know, there was well, the, obviously, and uh, the the two thousand yard rushing season. That was one of the best offensive with lines Saffold, Saffold in football. Was a great but pickup. yeah, but I do. I agree, but I, but, but, I, but I think the, posi- they haven't the position been able to that they're that in since. The, the position they're in right now with the offensive line is a John Robinson position. Now they were fine on Sunday. Yeah. They protected well, but you know, uh, Andre Dillard runs out of the tunnel, and I'm hearing people booing. <laughs> and you know, that is a John Robinson failure. Right. And all of last year, all of last year was a John Robinson failure yeah, as well. Exactly. With that and, and, you know, adding Nicholas Petit Frere and him never really working, at least as of yet, he's still got time to grow and develop. But Well, and give uh, Isaiah Wilson some time, too. Yeah, he'll, he'll yeah, be back once still, he serves the suspension. Figure out how that one's going to go. But I'm curious, what do you guys think? Because this is, as someone who is not following this team as closely as I once did, certainly, once everyone is healthy, once Petit Freer comes back from his suspension, which ends this week, what is the starting five of the offensive line? Skaronsky's going to come back. Um, 
you know, where do things go there? Because I think that's going to be an interesting thing for this team to figure out because this is a team that can win games. They've got veterans on both sides of the ball. Ryan Tannehill's a fine quarterback, but they got to protect. Like, what's that going to look like? I I was excited, or well, I'm very excited for Scrancy to come back because I think he will make he may will make it a legit impact on the offensive line and make them better. NPF, I didn't know how to think, and um, and up until last week when we had uh, Justin Mello on, and oh, just that. he kind of he soured my thoughts towards NPF because he he brought up last year and how NPF was not great last year. And the fact that, you know, him coming back, he was like, I don't know if that, if he makes the, this offensive line instantly better. So I don't know, I guess it all kind of depends on what NPF we are getting. If, you know, uh, I, to me, it's like big bodied, you know, guys from big schools, make for a better offensive line and he is exactly that but yeah his rookie season did not give us anything to write home about i guess so i don't know i don't know in terms of npf i don't know if he makes this offensive line instantly better however i will say aside from a few andre dillard hiccups on sunday the offensive line did look better and they were obviously run blocking very well which we knew they could do they they've done that all season long is run block. Well, aside from the Browns game, which I think that is an anomaly for everything, but, and then uh pass blocking, I, I thought they did a better job. They were still very bad, but they three sacks allowed, which is yeah. a half of a sack less than miles Garrett got by himself last week. Exactly. Well, so it's like, so I think they, Brian they Tannehill did better deserves, overall. Brian Tannehill deserves a lot of credit for that too. That was one thing I noticed is he was phenomenal throughout the game of not so much ev- avoiding or evading pressure. I mean, it's not like he was running around and putting moves on anybody, but he did a great job of his internal clock was was mm-hmm. completely in sync. And there's one play in particular I remember. I want to say this was in the second quarter. Maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, I can't give you many details because I don't remember all of them, but he was about to get sacked and he, he just shifted in the pocket just a little bit. He didn't freak out. He didn't run backwards. He, he just shifted in the pocket just a little bit, gave himself a throwing lane. And it was only like a four or five yard pass, but but I remember it really impressing me. Uh, having him back there, even when the protection's not good, things are going to be better than they would be with someone who is not that adept at, at avoiding pressure and doesn't have that sort of veteran presence back there. Yeah, well, that's one of my favorite stats about Tannehill is his quarterback rating when he's under pressure. Uh, it, it is, it's like through the roof. It's, it's like 10 times better than when he's facing no pressure. Like he is a, he is the best quarterback for throwing in a tight pocket. Yeah. And, and the last two years, I think have proven that like, that's all he's getting <laughs> when he does drop back. So that's a good, he's a good guy to have when you have a, bad offensive line. He's a good yeah. quarterback to have because he's not going to he's not going to flee out. He's not going to try and run too early or or turn plays into, you know, try to run on plays when he can connect on throws. And he does that. He takes a lot of hits for it. But he I mean, he's tough, dude. And I I, I think he's a he's the perfect quarterback for the Titans right now, I guess that makes so, sense. Let me follow up with this. I'm curious what both of you think here, because 
conventional wisdom seemed to be when the Titans took Will Levis that, okay, they are moving in a in a non-Tannehill direction moving forward. He's on his last year of his deal. Will Levis, they traded up for him early in the second round. If, if it's not him, it's probably going to be someone else. But since then, based on the fact that Will Levis is only like the emergency third-string quarterback, he's not even technically active for these games, they tend to like Willis better. Willis, who was awful last year as a rookie, like no real promising signs at all from him. And, and the fact that now that Tannehill's healthy, he's fine, as he always has been in the regular season. When I would come after Tannehill as an analyst, as a podcast host, and as a writer, it was always about the playoff stuff. It was never about who he was in the regular season. All that to say, I see no scenario where Ryan Tannehill is not the Titans quarterback in 2024. Ooh. Right? Like, what else is the option here? Like, this is your guy moving forward, barring a substantial move, you know, similar to maybe what the Chiefs did when they had Alex Smith and and gave up the farm to go get Mahomes. Like, they're not going to yeah. fall into someone who's going to be an improvement over Tannehill, especially if they're not very high on Will Levis, which they don't seem to be. Yeah, I yeah. look, and I, I think I think a little bit differently than my co-host here who actively wants to push Ryan Tannehill <laughs> in front of a moving train. Um, I... I think like, and I've always kind of maintained this stance of like, I'd be okay. Even with one more year after this, if you can get Ryan Tannehill on a cheap one year deal, bring him back for one more year. Let Will Levis de develop. I am in no rush to get Will Levis out into the field because that's where I feel like NFL teams screw themselves. And, and I think that way because we have seen it time and time again, where you yeah. rush a rookie quarterback out too soon. Now, obviously you've got like CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson, like playing very well this year, which is kind of putting a dent in that argument of mine. But, but I feel like the greats in the NFL have all sat Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, even Tom Brady. Like, it's like whenever you think of like the greatest of the great, aside from, Peyton Manning, which even Peyton Manning, his rookie season struggled hard. Eli Manning, his rookie season struggled hard. Mm -hmm. um, it is Josh to me, Allen it, looked fairly worthless as a rookie for the yeah. first three years. Josh Allen was not great. Like we were making Josh Allen jokes the the his first few years in the league. And so, to me, I I'm okay with if we think we have something special with Will Levis, which I don't. I mean, the jury's still out. I think the, the longer we let them sit, the longer we let that bun cook in the oven, the tastier it's going to be when it comes out. And so why not do that with Levis? And if Ryan Tannehill can still win you games, which he's very clearly doing, and he's playing a he's playing well at the position, why not let him bring him back for a cheap one-year deal and run it back one more year and see if you can extend this window with Derrick Henry and with DeAndre Hopkins one more year? Here's how I look at it is, you know, it, it's like a guy in the on-deck circle in the MLB. Ryan Tannehill facing pressure so often is like swinging a bat with a donut on it, right? Heavier, it's harder, your swing slower. But whenever he has time to throw, it's easy. It's free swings. It's balls over the fence. And yeah. if he has enough time, we saw the Titans get back to play action. In fact, Tim Kelly called yeah. four straight play action passes in a row. That was awesome. I want to get yeah. back to more of that. The problem yeah. is, can the offensive line hold up long enough? Now, if you throw Will Levis or Malik Willis in there, and we've seen Malik Willis kind of a little skittish in the pocket in the you know limited time he's had out there behind center. But if you throw them out there, it, it's 
it's their new normal. Like Ryan Tannehill is a, you know, he's 35 years old. He's been a starter for a really long time. He knows yeah. what the good and the bad looks like. Throwing one of those guys in there is really just unfair to them, unfair to the Titans. And I do think that Tannehill comes back next year if he can, you know, lead them to a playoff, a playoff game. And it's it's unfortunate too because the Titans spent a draft pick in each of the last two drafts on a quarterback. Now this draft class coming up looks like it's got <laughs> seven or eight dudes who could be all pro quarterbacks in it. So do the Titans run you know roll the dice for a third straight season? Um, that's to be determined. But I'm with Austin. I, I think that you know whether it's a franchise tag, a one year deal. I mean, this Titans defense is too good to really throw in the towel and start tanking. And and if you don't go with, you know, you mentioned one of the rookie quarterbacks, you can obviously go down that route. But if your move is, okay, we're moving on from Tannehill and you're the Titans thinking this, but we're also not going to go with Will Levis. We're going to find a bridge option. Okay, like what exactly are you going for there? Because the bridge options we saw this offseason are probably like Jimmy Garoppolo with Las Vegas and Derek Carr with New Orleans. Very expensive. I think Tannehill is better than both of those players. I was consistent about that when I was covering the team, that that Tannehill is, is you know, he's not in the Josh Allen range. You know, we brought him up earlier of guys that are going to go in and be explosive and, and sort of will their team to win. But he's also not one of these, like, problematic quarterbacks who you'd watch and just go, man, if there was just – another step they could take like he's a right you know between those two camps yeah i mean and i i've always maintained this stance is like for ryan Tannehill to be great everyone's got to be great around him um which i mean i think you could say about almost any quarterback aside from maybe three or four in the entire nfl where for them to be great everything's got to be clicking the you know your your pass protection your run blocking your running game um you know receivers got to be on point when in, in, you know, the, the Ryan Tannehill losses in the playoffs, there was no run game to complement anything. So, yeah. you know, like it's, and I'm not saying Tannehill's not at fault. Obviously I've been on record. The Bengals game was, it was two of his three interceptions were terrible throws. Um, I don't think, uh, I, I, I feel like, but, but in those games, Derrick Henry was nowhere to be found uh, in the Ravens loss. Derrick Henry was nowhere to be found. And I feel like the run blocking and running the, and Derrick Henry have got to be on point. And if they are, then I think you get what you saw on Sunday. You get those Titans, you get those Titans where play action is working and Ryan Tannehill is the best. I, you know, I talked about his, his quarterback rating under pressure, his quarterback rating on play action is far superior than his play action on just regular dropbacks. So I, I think it's, it's just like a, it's a, it has to be a well-oiled machine for this to work out again, unless you have three or four quarterbacks in this league, the Patrick Mahomes is the Josh Allen's you, you have to have that for an NFL franchise. And I feel like there's a lot of NFL fans that don't, don't see that don't see it that way they they just want to they have to place blame on someone or something and have to be the scapegoat and ryan Tannehill gets that short end of the stick most of the time now we've talked about the offensive line we talked about 
the running back, the running game, the quarterback. And it only makes sense now that we talk about the receivers because that's the other element of this as well. Like, what are we looking at as far as the Titans receivers are concerned? Because, you know, they go out there on Sunday with Chris Moore and, and you know, 30-year-old DeAndre Hopkins or 33-year-old or however old he is. He's in his Don't 30s. bring his age into this. Yeah, what's he, age got to do with it? Thank you, you, you Jeff. know D okay. you, you, you know D Hop has the has the most first down conversions on third down pass plays in the NFL. Like he's that? not going for a, he's not going for a hundred yards, but it seems like every third down when the Titans need eight yeah. or seven, yeah. whatever. And, and I get that. I, all I'm saying is they gotta have that explosive threat. Now you would think Traylon Burks naturally fits into that. Well, here we go again with Traylon Burks being hurt mm. and not playing in games. And you know, he had the big play against the Chargers in week two, but I don't know. It's just you look at this team and it's like because I kept hearing from people just, you know, you cut up with people, you know, at work or at the gym or church or whatever talking about the Titans. And I was like, well, you know, I hate the AJ thing, but man, if Traylon Burks can be really good, it's going to look a whole lot better. Mm -hmm. It's like, OK, when's that going to happen? Like, when right, is this right. breakout going to come? It's like. It's a giant tease at this point. And I know he's only in his second year, but a lot of these really, really good receivers in the league, like it doesn't take them long. Like AJ yeah. Brown, it was one game it took him to break out. Uh, Justin well, Jefferson and was explosive it was, as a rookie. Poor Olave. timing for Traylon. Poor timing for Traylon to be out this week in a week after where he dropped like three or four balls uh, against the Browns. Like it, it, that was tough timing for him and it's not, yeah, you're right. I mean, like we're still waiting and Jack and I told this to Jack like a couple of weeks ago, like we're putting all this hope in the Kyle Phillips and the Traylon Burks to be playmakers, but we don't know. We don't know if they're playmakers. The jury is still out on all of them. And uh, I mean, it is, it was nice on Sunday to see, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, is DeAndre Hopkins. Nick Westbrook-Akine stepping up in a big way, and that's not even the first game this season that he's done that. He's he's kind of been consistent all year. Chris Moore, of all guys, like, like he had that one on the sideline that he, like, they called, ruled a catch that was a fumble, but, like, still, he made that catch, and I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm feeling better about this, th this wide receiver core, and I think Ryan Tannehill is, too just on the way he's spreading the ball out. Like he, he's getting the ball to different guys. Whereas in weeks one and even probably even week two, you could argue he was focused in on Deandre Hopkins and maybe once or twice Chig. But aside from that, like he wasn't getting, he wasn't really spreading the ball out near to anyone else. And now here he is. We're, we're seeing Nick Westbrook Akine with multiple catches, Chris Moore getting multiple targets, uh, Chig getting more targets, which has been exciting to see. Cause I want to see seven guys caught a ball over the weekend, seven like different that, dudes. That's incredible to me. And I, that to me, I think is the biggest praise for this uh, wide receiver room right now. And, sure. and while we're on that, Luke, I, I think that that rolls into a question that I have for you perfectly. It's like, you know, Austin mentions, you know, the playoff shortcomings when the run game wasn't working. It feels like the Titans have been searching for, for that jab or that counter punch for the last three years, because when your right hook's not landing, you got to have something else in order to mix it up. Yeah. And the Titans haven't had that. Do you think that there's something there this season, whether it's Tajay Spears, whether it's the, it's the wide receiver core um, that could really, you know, serve as that left jab to kind of knock, knock the other guy off his feet and put him on his heels. The, the Titans have just been missing that. 
I like Tajay Spears. I think he might be what you're talking about. I think he's a fun player, and I think that that he can be – you know, we talked for years about, well, they need to find someone to complement Derrick Henry, not in the sense that you want to take Derrick Henry off the field, but but just some other element with explosion. And, and really looking at this Titans offense, when Traylon Burks is not on the field, but perhaps even when he is – Tajay Spears is the most explosive thing they've got. I mean, he, he's he got, you know, based on just watching him in person for the first time on Sunday, he's got more north to south speed than just about anyone I've seen play on that team over the last, you know, five, six years. And he he's he does stuff when the ball's in his hands. You know, that, that speed doesn't get wasted. I go back to the fumble play where he dropped it and then, had the awareness to pick it up and then reverse field and make something happen with it. It's like, and they clearly like him. Like ever since week one against the Saints, that dude has been involved in the offense. And, and you know, perhaps on one hand, he's going to help extend the career of Derrick Henry a little bit, take some pressure off of him. But I think that that, that is someone that the Titans can use to open things up a little bit. And the more comfortable he gets and progresses um, as a rookie and then beyond, I think he's going to be exciting to watch. Luke, before we let you go, I think I need to ask the question that has been plaguing everyone's mind. What do you do now? Like, what? why are you not still covering the Titans? Uh, so right now I work on uh, Dave Ramsey's team in Franklin, writing for them. So if you go to uh, RamseySolutions.com slash articles and you start reading, there's a good chance that you'll find something that I wrote. And I also work with our Ramsey personalities like uh, Ken Coleman and and Rachel Cruz and all these folks who were writing books and doing really great stuff. I helped them develop their uh, article content too. And, and so it's very different. It was a change of pace, certainly from the sports stuff, but it's fun and I really enjoy it. And, uh, you know, I, I think after talking about nothing but the Titans for, for four years <laughs> with A to Z sports for a couple of years before that with uh, Titan sized, it was it was nice to get a little bit of a break from that. The Titans drove a... you drove you insane. They drove you to a different career choice. Is that what we're hearing? You could say that. <laughs> is, is this a stepping stone job? Because it sounds like you know you, you cover the Titans, you know them well. Now Ooh. you're kind of getting getting your Ooh. finance feet wet. Are, are you pushing for a front office position? Maybe the next Vin Marino. Ooh, I was I thinking like about question. pushing to be the next Gary V. Uh, oh, we've got so enough. You're gonna... Not really. There's no. gonna, you're going to own the right. Titans. No, There's I this... look. There are, but I would be all for a, a Luke W. I would be uh, all for. <laughs> I, I like. I would follow you on Instagram. I would watch all of your content for sure. Yeah, there's this weird video of Gary V. You may have seen it, where he's he's like, every morning I wake up and I imagine that the five closest people to me all get shot in the face, and that. Oh yeah. To start my day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing gets me going than, than thinking about my mom getting shot in the face. Yeah. Honestly. I don't know why that content is necessary, but yeah. Yeah, that, I don't, that just drives him. Still uh, still plenty of writing, still plenty of talking. In fact, I'm thinking about my dad getting shot in the face now. And now I'm <laughs> oh, it's gone. Let's it, go. Let's attack the doesn't, day. <laughs> doesn't it just make you want to go invest into NFTs? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Are those even that's my first that's still? my first. That's my first reaction when I hear five of my closest friends have been shot in the face. I'm going to go invest in NFTs. Yeah. 
Yeah. And also your impression was, uh, was decent, not near enough expletives for a Gary Vaynerchuk. That's right. Not nearly enough expletives in my voice, which I I have more of a tenor voice, but not as high pitched as his. Cause he has that kind of, I can't even do it. That that wasn't very good. In the, in 2015, I think was when I was first turned on to Gary V and that was because he was a guest on Jim Rome show and Jim Rome loves, (laughs) uh, he loves himself some motivational guys. And when we had Gary Vaynerchuk for, I'm not joking this, joking you for a second. For the first three minutes he was on the phone, I thought he was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> now, can you can you do a Jim Rome impression? I mean, yeah, I can, and it's phenomenal. Uh, no, <laughs> okay, that's good. that's good. Call me Chrissy one more time. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 nowhere near my uh, my 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 George Plaster, uh, yeah. Luke. That's you're good. the man, dude. We miss you. We, uh, whenever you're ready to leave Ramsey Solutions and uh, pick back up your your Titans pencil again and start writing about Titans, I think all of us would welcome you with open arms. We miss you. And uh, is there any chance you can get us debt free? Is that possible? I, I can't get you debt free. I can I can teach you how you can get you debt free. How about is that? that it, do we have to do we have to take scissors to our credit card? Is that what we have to do? That would be a good first step. Okay. Yeah. Give us All give us right. one finance tip while you're headed out of the door. Yeah, finance tip with Luke okay, on the way out is. the one door. One finance tip. All right, if you want to buy a house, because I, I open TikTok and I see this nonsense about like, well, you got to put 2% over here and then do this under the table deal. Like just be a normal person and save up for a house the way your parents did. It's going to take longer. Houses cost more these days, but that's still the way to do it, right? Don't get scammed. Don't do anything weird and crazy. Do thing, do it the way it's always been done. There's a way it's always been done. That way it works. Save down payment, make your down payment and pay off your mortgage. No TikTok money advice on buying a okay. house. So I, see, a- we were looking, we were looking for the TikTok money advice. We were looking like for the quick yeah. get rich quick scheme. Go buy to a help us and rent it out to someone else who can pay for it. I'd, I'd love for people to find if they can't afford a normal house to find a duplex that they can afford. Okay, but. hang on. Let me write that down. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Luke Worsham with Ramsey Solutions. Why are we having him on? Because we love him to death at Luke underscore Worsham. You can follow him for more, uh, uh, more, more stories from his uh, oil changes. Honestly, (laughs) there's not a whole lot going on on Twitter these days. Luke, we love you, man. Luke Worsham, Luke Worsham, Luke Worsham, Luke Worsham, Luke Worsham. Worsham. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle! Tennessee has pulled a miracle! All right. It is Colts hate week, and I feel like it's not hard to hate uh, the team that we know from up north, or from me, down south. (laughs) How about that? I'm in Chicago. Um, But it is, this is a big week, a big road test, and the Titans have not looked great on the road thus far this season. Um, They're better off at home, but it's a Colts team that Anthony Richardson appears better than he is. Jonathan Taylor, I don't know. I don't think he's going to play. He's just He just was activated to return to football duties this week, but that could change uh, as where we stand right now as of Tuesday afternoon when we're recording this. And get, given the fact that we're talking about it and not really counting on him to play uh, means he probably will play. But uh, this is a Colts team that is looks better than I think any of us expected. The entire AFC South is gridlocked at two and two. The Titans are the only team in the division that has not played a, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, has not played a divisional game yet. You're right. So they are, 
They're 0-0 in the standings. So this is a good chance to take a division lead if you can pull out this win. Every other team is 1-1 in the division. So, ah, man, this is... Look, am I nervous in playing the Colts? No, like because I feel like Vrabel is going to get this team locked in and ready to go more than most games, more than the Browns game, more than the Saints game. And coming off of a game last week, a confidence-boosting game, I think this team should be feeling good heading into Sunday. I don't know. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. The Cincinnati Bengals win means nothing if you go out and lose to the Colts. Right, it, it's a team you should beat. It's a rookie quarterback. It's Mike Vrabel's defense. There's no way this Titans team can go out and lose to the Colts on Sunday and feel good about their postseason chances, even though you did just beat the Bengals. Like the Colts are a team you you should want on your schedule to get right. Now the Titans got right against the Bengals, but the Colts rank 23rd in the NFL in rush defense. They're averaging over 125 yards a game on the ground to opponents, and they haven't faced Derrick Henry yet. That number should go up for the Colts. They're 28th in pass defense. Now, this is a Titans passing attack that just figured some things out. I expect Tannehill to expose these guys. And whether or not Traylon Burks plays, it doesn't seem to matter right now. Just the way the other guys are picking it up. Well, and Kyle Phillips should be coming back this week, too. So there's another potential He's returning to practice. Here's what's impressed me. Like, Nick Westbrook-Akine leads the team in receiving touchdowns with two not a high number but he still leads the team the next closest guy is one and that's josh wiley there's only been two players to catch receiving touchdowns this year um but you know he's second in targets second or second in yards after catch only to derrick henry like he can fill that Traylon burks role temporarily while burks gets healthy now you don't want him to do it for a full season but again beat the colts do your job take care of business in the division and kick a team while they're down kick the colts when they're down Jonathan Taylor has 63 carries for 246 yards and one touchdown in five games against the Titans. So even if he is made active, uh, he's averaging 49 yards and zero touchdowns in five games. So <laughs> I don't think he plays. I don't think he I does either. He does. I hope he hope he doesn't. But remember, open up a door for a Colts fan this week. Follow us at A to Z Sports on all things socials. Follow the podcast at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter, at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff. You can follow Jack at Jack A. Gentry. Jack, you got anything for the road? Colts hate week. Colts hate week. But but you can hate them while you open the door for them, but just keep the door open for them. Mm-hmm. It's like that meme where you're you're smiling on the outside with the mask, yeah. but really angry on the inside. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. All right. Well, we love you guys. Thank you guys so much for following this really dumb podcast. We appreciate you. We're building a community. Follow on all of the socials and let's go get that win. Let's get that W. Until next week, with all of that said, tight up. up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans.